Welcome to the Homefront Podcast. I am your host, Tori McQueen. I'm a realtor, an entrepreneur, a mom of five, and a bold dreamer, always on a mission to turn nothing into something. Have you ever wondered how all these other entrepreneurs do it all? Can they actually have a successful and thriving business while also having a happy home life? Here, we dig into the real stories from how to run a biz and a home life, how to scale and grow alongside managing parenting and relationships without sacrificing your home life or happiness. After all, isn't that what matters most? Let's get to it. What's up, friends? Welcome back to the Home Front Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking on all things working with your spouse as a business partner. Where it doesn't ruin your relationship at home or your work environment, and it doesn't suck the fun out of your marriage either. So obviously, James has worked his own job, and I've done entrepreneurship for some time now, and we are ripping the cord on his W-2, and he is officially jumping on board with me to help in our entrepreneur endeavors. And I just wanted to go over the top five strategies that we are doing to make sure that we're effectively managing working with each other as a business partner, as well as a marriage and our and parenting and all of that. So, you know, obviously this is kind of trial and error since we are just getting started on this venture. But in the past, I would say at least six months, we've been working towards this, towards getting him out of his W-2 and starting to work with me. So we've definitely had some time to chat chat about this. And although we've worked very well as parents at home, business is just a whole other story. So I know that There will be some trial and error in this, but I just thought I'd go over the strategies that we are currently using now. And of course, in the future, we'll reevaluate and see what's working, what's not working. But for now, let's kind of go over these strategies that we're using. And we're hoping that it can maybe help you guys if you guys are on the similar path that, that I'm on. So number one, we are setting very clear boundaries. So we need to establish clear boundaries between our work and our personal life so we avoid any conflicts and ensure that we both have time to relax and recharge, whether that be our alone time or time with the children or time with each other. We just have to set very clear boundaries. So here are some examples that we've chatted about and that we're facing now. So first off, in our boundaries, we've already established that, hey, If this doesn't work out, if we don't work well as partners, we need to say it right as we feel uncomfortable. If it starts making us fight or if it starts, you know, giving us sleepless nights or affecting our children in any way, our peace is our boundary. So if anything goes south or it's not working, we will find another solution and it's not worth the peace of our family. So that's a very clear boundary that we have set. If it affects, if our work starts affecting our home life in a negative manner, that's not a normal issue, then we've got to start finding other solutions for us not to be business partners, you know, because we know this might not work out. It could be really, really great or it could not be what we think it is. So we have first off set that very clear boundary there, you know, because we don't even know if my husband's going to enjoy working with me, right? (laughs) We don't know if I'm 
going to be able to work with him very well. I mean, we've been partners for a long time, so I think that all will go well, but you just never know. So that boundary was the very first one that was set. Um, Another example is we both give each other personal space to be able to work out, like exercise. That is the time we spend alone to focus on our own health goals. We used to work out together and then we decided that we really just enjoy working out separately. So we're out of each other's space and we can just have that time to think about what we need and not feel like we need to help the other person or it just works better for us. So we make sure that we have that boundary that doesn't interfere and nothing interferes with that space. We also try to do that boundary where it doesn't affect our time with each other or our kids. So for instance, I will set my schedule for working out Monday, Wednesday, Friday between 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. before the kids wake up and that we won't mess with, right? And most times kids will wake up between 6 30 and seven, and then they go to school. So my husband just knows that if he wants to work out, he has to do it from our home gym. And he's in charge of the morning duties right when they get up from bed until I get home at 7, 15, 7, 30. And the days that I don't go and do that, he can do it on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays early so that I can handle the morning duties and when they wake up and we can still get our alone time. And that way when it's done, we don't have to worry about it the whole rest of the day. Anything that we can do or fit in during lunchtime or in the afternoons or evenings is just a bonus. So, and and usually from 6 a.m. to 7, there's nothing that really can disturb that time unless there's an emergency. Like, you know, we had an all-nighter in the ER, unfortunately, right? Or if we're traveling or something like that. Most times that boundary is is there and nothing can disturb it unless we choose to or something else more important comes up. And this is great because there's no resentment. I mean, we used to be, you know, say we're going to work out. And if 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 I don't wake up between 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. to go do my workout on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that is on me. I cannot blame that on my husband for not letting me go do my thing. I can't blame it on the kids because they're sleeping in bed in my husband's home. Like I can't, I don't have anyone to blame but myself if I don't wake up and get my workout in. And the same thing for my husband. He can't blame me or be resentful towards me or the kids or work if he doesn't get his workout in because we decided that our workouts, if they're done between 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. in the mornings, then that is There's nothing that should be interfering with that. And there should be no reason other than our self alone that doesn't get that done. So anyways, on occasion, it works out better to have it during lunch for my husband. But we work around our schedules to ensure that we can get that alone self workout in as a priority. Very clear boundary. Um, We both realize that we operate better that way. Another one is we set clear boundaries with our schedules, with our kids. We chat openly and frequently about what our most important priorities are in our schedules each week and with work as well as the kids' schedule because not only do we have our work schedules, but we have our kids' schedules like nap times, school activities, school in general, sports, or anything else with the kids' activity schedules. Without a nanny, we have to rely on each other to handle our kiddos if we have an important, time-sensitive, non-negotiable obligation when it comes to work or anything else. 
This helps us protect our schedules and eliminate miscommunications and determine if we need to hire any extra help for the week to make sure we get our priorities done without affecting each other's boundaries. So if we need, like for instance, if I have important meetings that I cannot change that week with clients or with anybody or with deadlines that I have with work, then I have to emphasize that with him that he has to handle the nap times or the transportation for sports and pickups or coordinate with other parents that can help or or whatnot. Or I have to handle that ahead of time. So we have to make sure that our schedules are protected. And each day we have to look at each of our schedules and determine, okay, whose is going to be top priority today. If we both have meetings, who has to move their meeting? I mean, that's what we do for now because we don't have a nanny. And we choose to to do business that way. I would rather have my kids be watched by myself or my husband. And it's not always like that. We do work with a lot of sitters and help when we need it. But for the most part, we are full-time parents. So being able to protect our schedules in that manner or have full control over our schedules is a boundary for us. Another one is we always try to have starting the day together and ending ending the day together as a whole family. That just allows us to turn off work or take those breaks when we need so we don't feel like we're losing that closeness. Breakfast and dinner, things like that together. Whether it's grabbing something quickly or sitting down for a meal, we try to make sure we are doing it all together. And that's just kind of where we've stayed consistent ever since we started creating a family of our own. Like I try hard to stop my work at a certain time to be able to put kids to bed also in their bedtime routine and then be able to hang out with my husband after. I'm not going to lie. It is hard sometimes when you're in entrepreneurship mode and you're working on the business in certain after hour times. And that's where we just both look at each other and say, hey, we're going to Is it okay if we do like an hour power hour of XYZ to work on the business in this department? I'm going to hash out these two things and then we're going to be done. And it's just communicating that boundary. So and and making sure that both of us are okay with that. And sometimes like when I'm full on in production with real estate and I have showings at dinner time. I have to very quickly, if if I don't have my showing assistant available or if they're unable to show or agents are sick or, or whatnot and I have to step in, I have to ask my husband, okay, is this something that I should reschedule or should I take bite the bullet, you handle dinner, and then I will catch back up with you and I'll read bedtime stories and things like that. So not every, we don't have dinner every night together. We don't have breakfast every day, but that is one that, you know, 90% of the time we try to have that very, very protected as a boundary for us. We don't want to sacrifice too much of our family time because that is why we work so hard and that's why we chose entrepreneurship so we can dictate the hours we work and dictate our schedules. We are still learning in that department, but that is the goal. Our boundary with each other is that we try to make most decisions together so that kids understand that we are a unit and always on the same page. This is a big one because this can be challenging with some things as James and I have opposite views on some things. So it's been a boundary that we set to support each other in our decision making. So sometimes, you know, obviously we grew up separately. Well, obviously, but 
we grew, we were raised very differently, whereas he didn't have too much parental support. I had a lot of parental guidance and support. So our views on how we parent are a little bit different as well. So the kids are very smart and they know. So our boundary, we've learned over the years that we have to be on the same page with our decision making. And if one of us makes a decision, we have to fully support that parent in that decision or chat about it. But we we have to stay on the same page. This has been huge for us as parents because there have been some times where if I don't support him and his parenting decision, it just makes the trust, it feels like it's being daggered. So we have decided that that's a very clear boundary that we have with each other and and just to support each other and fully trust each other with our decision making. If we feel that adjustments need to be made, we make those decisions together. And if we're upset about something, we talk about that. But we do not dagger each other's decision making. We fully support and trust each other in that department as parents. So there's that. And we will try to do that with work. And I think we're, we will get there as we learn. But that is a boundary we have for sure set in our parenting that has worked out. This boundary is the biggest struggle we have because we enjoy spending so much time together. It's so hard for us to shut down because that is where we shut work off, time to get the house picked up, wind down work thoughts and brain dump, then just hang out with each other. Sometimes we even turn on YouTube to research something new or learn something based on whatever our goals are or curiosities lie that day. So it's really hard at the end of the day to just look at each other and say, okay, good night. I'm going to sleep now. Like, especially for us, we love adventures. We love learning and we just love spending time together. So I think the biggest boundary that we'll be working on in 2023 is our sleep and holding each other accountable for that because the YouTube videos late at night, researching something new, just that could take us down rabbit holes that definitely don't get us our eight hours of sleep. So out of all the boundaries that we set, that is a huge goal of ours for this year working together. Okay, so I know boundaries was a long one and I know boundaries is one of those buzzwords that everybody uses, but it is very important to kind of set those out and decide what is most important or like where they're like, where do we not want any of these lines to be crossed? And so maybe you guys resonate with some of those, maybe you don't, but Let's dive into the next strategy. Okay, strategy number two is communication. We communicate open and honestly regularly with each other about our goals, expectations, and concerns to ensure that we're both on the same page. So communication is key, you guys. And we always like to say that we had a long distance relationship years ago. We've known each other for a long time. So communication is actually our strong suit. When things go wrong, we feel open to communicate. If we feel unsettled about something, we feel open to communicate. If there's something going on, we definitely try as best we can to communicate. Every day and night, we're constantly communicating about how we feel, what we're struggling with, what we need more support in, what things we need to plan for the things that we want to add to our list of priorities. We communicate literally all day long. I used to say, like, maybe we should have a calendar on our phones and, like, you know, keep each other in the loop on things with our calendars. And 
that does work. But at the same time, like with our kids' schedules and all that, they want to be involved. So we have our home calendar. We have our work calendars. We have all that. And I realized that when we had our automated calendars, we didn't communicate verbally as much, right? Because we saw it so frequently that we're, you know, you assume so much there that we forgot to communicate some of the small things. For instance, like if we had, you know, a game on the schedule or practice that schedule, or I had a meeting, you know, on the calendar, he knows that I had a meeting, right? But he doesn't know how important that meeting is or who it's with or how long it'll take or if I need to be home or if it's a Zoom or or any of that stuff. So instead of just having our virtual calendars, we realized that we just need to talk about our calendars every single day and communicate along the way. I think Five Kids has really gotten us in a groove where we absolutely need each other in order to make things work. Like, I can't do it without him. He can't do it without me. And I think we've leaned into that a thousand percent. Just like you can't win a basketball game on with a solo team or just you, you need other players to help. And I think we live in a world where a lot of people think and want to be able to do it themselves or rely on just themselves. And James and I have kind of come to a place where we fully embrace the fact that we rely on each other a hundred and 50% or a thousand times even. This means if I need extra help at home or with work, whatever that may be, there is not passive aggression going on or reading of the minds, as my husband would say. We are upfront, honest, direct about our needs and our kids' needs. Just straight communication, no games or guessing or resentments. Whether I need him to pack the boys' lunches, do pickup drop-offs or upload documents into a drive or call and order something for an event for my clients. We fully lean on each other. And I know I keep saying that, but it's so true. When we need help, we look at each other and we say, I need you and I need you here. This means no ego. This means no resentment. This means no reading of the minds. And I say reading of the minds because it didn't always used to be that way. We used to think the other people already knew what we needed. Or we used to think, well, why should I have to ask? He knows where I need him. Or why does he have to ask me? I should already know where he's needed. You know, all of these things. And although most of the times we take initiative in areas that we can, we learned to be more self-aware in knowing where we need the most help in order to be successful and to keep things flowing. However that looks, right? So if I learned that I need more help in the house cleaning duties, right? Because I'm gone and I get more bitter about our house being messy because I like it clean. Then I know I need to ask him to be able to handle certain department. Now we've, we've organized things a little bit differently, but back then I would just bottle it up, right? And then all of a sudden be like, not okay. Not okay. And he's like, I can't read your mind. And I'm like, well, you should already know. That's little house things, right? So with work, it goes the same way. If I need something done for a client or I need a, you know, a three by four foot big giant whiteboard in an hour, I need him to go get it then or him to find someone to deliver or whatever it may be. We just full on support each other and just ask how we can help. 
And so in our growth phase now and working together, I think that being able to communicate that is huge, however that looks for you. Hey, hey there. Let's take a brief moment to acknowledge our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by eXp Realty, one of the fastest growing real estate companies in the world, cloud-based and built for the future. It empowers realtors to scale in their businesses and lives beyond what a typical local transaction could. This is the company I personally hang my real estate license with along with my entire team. If you're a broker owner or a realtor like me and want to join in on the fun or interested in learning more about this awesome company, click the link in the show notes or go to my website at torymcqueen.com slash partner in real estate. That's torymcqueen.com slash partner in real estate. Let's get back to the show. So being open and communicating is huge. But again, remember, it kind of you kind of have to be self-aware. And that's a learning process also is being self-aware to know what you need so that you can be okay to ask for that help and communicate where you need someone or communicate how important a meeting is so that it doesn't get overlooked or passed up. Communicating schedules and stuff too, like pickup, drop-offs, times, and not assuming someone knows, but just making sure that everything's being communicated and everyone's on the same page. However that looks for you. Strategy number three is developing a division of labor. Okay, so we had to determine who will be responsible for which tasks and responsibilities to avoid duplication of effort and ensure that everything gets done. Now, we had been doing this for years at home because that's where if I was working and he's working, our household needed to have a division of labor, right? Since we don't have a nanny, we have to divide our parenting responsibilities and work as a solid team to make sure things are done smoothly. So we just established this also when I started working more and he decided to want to help more at home and join the entrepreneurial path with me and build the life we want together. We decided that the kitchen is my zone. I make sure most meals are made and the kitchen stays clean. And anytime I see extra things laying around, if it's the kids stuff or anybody's stuff, I either just put it away or make sure that the kids put their things away. That is kind of my zone that I take responsibility for. James's zone is the laundry. I despise laundry. We have sometimes people have with laundry, but in a household of seven, there is ongoing laundry. So like, If one of the kids has an accident, you know, and that laundry needs to be done, he's making sure that that gets done and not missed and gets put back. And if we get back from a trip and we need to start the loads, like he makes sure that it gets all ran through, folded, put away, and that the living room is kind of like put together before we leave the house. Of course, we both take initiative in areas if we see that the other person is like, needing help or or take initiative like if he's helping in one area or on a phone call doing something and we get home and let's say we have all these suitcases full of bags I'll just start a load right so it's not like I don't touch the laundry and it's not like he doesn't clean up the dishes if I have a work call to do and there's some extra things from hosting an event or whatnot he will help me with the dishes also but it's just zones that It helps us stay accountable and it helps like, hey, what can I do? Like, is the kitchen clean? I'm in charge. If he's, if there's laundry, I know that I don't have to stress about it because he's going to get to it. So it's just that easy 
peace of mind knowing that we can be accountable for those roles in those areas. Uh, we both lean on the kids to come help where they where we need them also. So like the kids put away the laundries, they help with the dishes and do that also. But just allowing us to have our zones is really helpful. Another thing that we divide labor into is like we like to alternate making the boys lunch and taking the kids to school. So that's another thing at home. It's we just divide that pretty evenly. Some days, if I'm doing something, he, he'll just start packing the boys' lunches the day before. Or if I come home early from workout and they're not done, I'll just go ahead and pack the boys' lunches. It's, it's, a, it's, it's very even, and we enjoy that. We both enjoy making the lunches. We both enjoy taking and picking up from school. Um, so that is something that we both handle. As far as field trips go and volunteering in the classroom, that's more my alley. And James kind of takes over since we have the four boys, he kind of takes over like coaching the kids and doing that. So again, we're both very hands-on. So those are kind of the areas where we like to be there as a parent. As it goes for work, we've realized that James is more a background implementer and support stuff is kind of what he's best at, as well as managing teams and managing people. Where I'm, I'm more front-end client stuff and in charge of like revenues, he'll be more in charge of internal relations and people while I'm going to be more in charge of external meetings and networking and such like that and, and added projects. We are currently going through a transition with this, but as I'm still working with clients, he makes sure to support in any way he can to make it as easy as possible for me to be able to maximize time with my clients or their experience. And as I grow our team, he'll be more in charge of hiring and organizing and managing our team and making sure operations is going smoothly. I'll be in charge of bringing in the revenues. And, and it's a big adjustment going from police force to working with me in our business. But this will be our trial and error process. And we're both excited to share more on that once we get through the first quarter. But yeah, but that's kind of how we decide to divide labor up in the household and with our businesses. Strategy number four, seeking outside support. So in working with our spouse, we have to know when to seek outside support, such as, you know, a business coach or therapist, or maybe some of you need to navigate challenges and conflicts that may arise in your relationship or just, you know, any support that you need with the household stuff like cleaning, maintenance, any guidance there. So for instance, I have a coach to help me accountable with my values and goals like that align with James, of course, but I have my personal goals, but then we have goals that we work on together and my coach kind of helps me along the way stay accountable to that. We also surround ourselves with friends that keep us grounded and laugh and that have similar values and that push us to grow as well. So that is kind of our support system there is making sure that we're pretty balanced in that department. We also have several reliable sitters to keep on hand in our network in case we need extra support in the areas that we need. And to be more specific, like I enjoy because I have five children, I enjoy the ages you know, 13 to 16, the best, because they are just so hands-on. They love playing with the kids. They, I bring them in pairs. So, and they're not on their phones all the time. They just, 
thoroughly enjoy being a kid with the kids and keep them safe. And they're just they're just such a good age for my kids to be able to be inspired by before they get to the the teenage where they want to be on their phones all the time. So that's kind of we usually line up pairs of pairs of teens who would be available for certain things at certain times. So whether that's state nights or errands or meetings, things like that, we have reliable sitters on hand. As far as longer vacations or work environments that we have to be away for, we lean on family and we, you know, aunts that can come and help watch the kiddos and so that they can be with family as well as play with their cousins. That's just a reality for us. Used to be very hard for us to seek outside support because, again, back in the culture we live in, we want to do it all ourselves. We don't want to rely on anybody else. We don't want to, you know, have to need anyone. But we realize, like, it's okay. Like, if we want to go on a, a week long vacation to celebrate our anniversary, it's okay if our kids are with family for a week. It's all right. They're going to be okay. It's only one week out of the year. And I think it's important for us in our relationship. So seeking that outside support has been a huge strategy. And then um, like at home, having like lawn maintenance and a house cleaner to help support us has been huge also. Because yes, we still clean some ourselves and teach the kids to help. But having someone to help take care of like the deep cleaning and the extra like maintenance really gives us peace of mind and allows us to engage with our family more without the lingering resentment of a messy house or things that we think we need to hurry up and take care of when really it's not a huge priority or a high dollar activity for us to do ourselves. And then with work also like we make sure that we seek outside support if we're realizing like, okay, in order to scale, we need to hire and things like that. So we have virtual assistants where we need it. And then ongoing with our business, wherever we need that support, if it's something that we, you know, I don't like doing, my spouse doesn't like doing, then we will figure out somebody who does like to do it and stick them in that lane. So really staying tight knit to our lanes and then seeking outside support for other things in order to be able to keep our boundaries there and uh, to make everything else flow. And the last but not least, strategy number five is we make sure to take breaks and vacations. So we are pretty good at this because I know myself and I know how I operate. And we take breaks and vacation to avoid burnout and maintain a healthy work-life balance. This is so huge. And I am all about having fun. Although I know it can't always, always be fun. I do my darnest to make it happen. This means that I'm working with people I enjoy. I am sometimes booking multiple trips a year without work involved. And sometimes these trips are many weekends away to the coast or with family. And sometimes it's a week-long trip with ourselves or with family. Um, you know, that's somewhere local or just to Hawaii or something. James and I try to fit in at least one solo trip a year as well, which is why it goes back to the support and why we use that as a strategy. This has gotten a little harder with the more kids that we have, but it has been a priority for us, even though sometimes it feels like a little more work to schedule. It's always so worth it in the end. And for taking breaks and vacations is is something that I actually pride myself on because I noticed that a lot of 
people that I surround myself with work so hard and they, but then they never rest and then they never have fun or then it impacts their relationships or it impacts their families. They don't, they forget kind of why they did it. And I know they're not having crazy amount of fun in their business because it can be stressful and then they hit burnout. So I'm not talking about everyone, but for me, taking breaks and vacations is life. Like I need that. And we also try to make work trips, family trips as well, whenever possible. So if, for instance, if I have to travel to do an event or chat with clients or speak somewhere, I will do that and bring the family along with if it's in a destination I think would be a fun experience. So if I have an event in Orlando that I think would be great, then I try to Number one, pile on one more thing there if it's not a long event, right? If it's just like a one-day thing that I'm speaking at, then I'll just try to pile on one more thing if I want or not. But then I also would plan a trip to Disney World, right? Bring my family, plan a trip to Disney World. So that way I am getting to do the work, but then I get to play while we're there. We're all about work-life integration and making it work for us. A lot of times we go to a local resort and I'll bring my computer with me. And although, you know, it's no fun if I have to sit in a corner and work the whole time, I've tried very hard not to do that. There are a lot of things that I can do remotely. So I will do things in hours. Like I'll spend the whole morning swimming with the kids. And then in the afternoons, while two of them are napping, the other kids can relax or, or entertain themselves while I can get some work done right? So there's no reason why we can't be on the beach while we do that or, you know, at a resort while we do that. As long as I'm getting the work done and I get to spend some time with them doing those fun things. I know this can change as the kids get older with school and sports obligations and things like that. But for now, we love integrating the two. And that's kind of how we keep it going with work, with play. And And that really is the goal for us as far as living a life of entrepreneurship. It's it's really living the freedom life, the freedom to work where we want, when we want, go when we want, and be obligated to the things that we want to be obligated to. Like if the kids do want to join travel teams, you know, my son's like begging me to do it. And I'm like, oh man, not the commitment yet. But I know he will want to in the future. But being able to, yes, travel for the week to be able to go, you know, watch a tournament and bring the kids and do something fun while also adding a little bit of work in there. So I'm not missing a full week of work, right? Which is why being able to work from wherever I want is important. But again, taking those breaks in between is important. And those breaks don't have to be week-long vacations, you guys. So like some of my breaks are like just in the mornings. Like I realized that, you know, my daughter is starting to transition to afternoon naps. So it's nice to be able to be with the kids in the morning when like, when they're not going to school, they're home, but the older ones will go to school, but the younger ones will be home in the morning. And then I can be with them and play with them from, you know, 8 a.m. to lunchtime. And then I could start working after lunch, right? If there's nothing crazy important. So That gives me lots of time to be dedicated to hanging out with them. And then when they nap, I can hash out hours of work that I need to get done during their nap time and be ready for them when they wake up. So it's just taking 
or allowing myself to take that break in the morning and just be fully present with them and then allowing myself to get the three hours of work done, I think that alleviates the burnout stage. Anytime I try to not give myself any breaks or not, basically when I try to like go full ham with work and not be with family at all, I start to get burnt out or have these lingering thoughts of like, why am I even doing this if I can't be with my kids? Because that's where my passion lies. So I have to learn to take these breaks. Super, super important. And again, a break can be a morning when you need it, when you're out of your flow state, or it can be like week-long vacations or even a monthly vacation if that's how you operate. Everybody is so different. It's important to remember that working with a spouse as a business partner can be challenging, but with the open communication, clear boundaries, divisional labor, it can be a rewarding and fulfilling experience. These five things have been huge as we decided to lean fully into entrepreneurship and build the life we want on our turn. Even if you're working solo and your spouse is working a nine to five or just a stay at home spouse, even these five strategies can definitely help keep the relationship strong through it all. At least it's what's worked for me and my husband. I encourage you to use these five and work with your partner or spouse. And remember, sometimes it takes being more self-aware and knowing what you want to be able to use these strategies. There is no mind reading here. So go on a date, get clear, have a little fun and implement these five strategies and let me know how it goes. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Homefront Podcast, where happiness is our true profit. If you enjoyed today's chat, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. This helps us to learn, grow, and reach more listeners. Join me again next week as we drop new stories, experiences, and game-changing tips for your home front and biz. As always, here empowering you in business and in life. Until next time.